Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. How the hell are you? <clears throat> sorry, I'm a little bit late today. And sorry, I am speaking in a hushed voice, but I'm doing that because uh, I got it. The little baby boy came this week. I've become a dad again. My wife gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. And uh, we couldn't be more excited. Um, yeah, so I'm not getting a lot of sleep, but it's totally worth it. And uh, it's amazing. When you watch your wife go through a pregnancy, she's sitting there going like, I never want to do this. This is it. I'm done. I am done. You hear me? Stay away from me. I'm done. And you're just sitting there going like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this to you. I'm sorry, right? And then the second you have the kid, about two hours later, it's like, you want to have another one? <laughs> kind of freaking out. I mean, how often do you get to see a miracle, you know? You can make a miracle and have fun while you're doing it. Hey, you know what I'm saying, fellas? Um, yeah, so that's it. I have a son and a daughter. I got one of each, and I feel like the luckiest guy on the planet right now. And, um, you know, amidst all of this crazy stuff that is going on that I do believe something positive is going to come out of all of this um, I'm seeing a lot of photos of uh, police officers talking to protesters and and all of that type of stuff. Well, uh, the fucking weirdest dude I, I've seen in recent memory, I don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to stay away from that shit. I really hate doing the politics things, but, you know, I, I, I'm not living a life here where I'm just quarantined, so I, I got to go. Can I go with the low-hanging fruit? All right? Not talking politics or anything like that here, people, but that is one weird son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, walk across the street. Tear gas, everybody, and then I'm going to stand with a scowl on my face, holding up a Bible in front of a fucking church. Um, oh, my God, there were so many funny memes about that. I mean, that you basically could have done it to anybody. I mean, if I stood there holding a Bible, then you could see all the shit that I said. But did you see that one where they had him saying, I just walk up, I just grab him by the pussy. Like, they had that written there where they would say, you know, when the masses were... <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, oh, geez, Drew Brees got himself in hot water. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. You know, back in the day when you just had thoughts, you just said them to the people in your house. Why do people feel the fuck, as I do a podcast by myself telling you everything that I'm thinking, why do people feel the need, especially when you're making that kind of money a fucking year, why in God's name? Would you go and do that? You got to ask yourself, why would you do that? Well, it's simple. It's, uh, it's you know, it's easy. Ah, that's not what it is. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I do know this. I found the reaction to that so fucking hilarious. Like, if you look at what Drew, like, okay, go back to Kaepernick, right? And Kaepernick takes a kneel. A kneel takes a knee during the national anthem and says, this is about people of color. I'm protesting about the way they're treated in this country, second-class citizens, and blah, 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 right? 
And then everybody on the other side was like, hey, man, don't disrespect the flag, you fucking piece of shit. Oh, there's, you know, my uncle's in the fucking, you know, Navy SEALs fighting for your freedom and all this shit. So everyone, when that was going down on the left, was just like, well, hey, man, like, first of all, that's not the issue. The issue is this. It's not that, man. And uh, isn't he, doesn't he have free speech to like do what he wants? Part of his freedom is he can do and say what he wants, right? And all the people on the right who are engaging were all like, you fucking libtard, fucking snowflake, limousine liberal, all that bullshit, right? Fast forward, Drew Brees writes his whole shit, right? His take on, uh, you know, the protesting and the... uh, riots and all of that type of shit. And then it was literally the exact opposite. All the people on the left are like, you fucking piece of shit. Fucking you canceled this motherfucker. And then everybody on the right's like, well, hey, man, like he's just expressing his opinion, man. Like what's everybody getting so upset for, man? Like they literally like change roles. Like I remember a long time ago, I saw this play, uh, True West. All right. I don't know when it was like the late 90s. I saw this this play True West and it had uh Philip Seymour Hoffman and um and what's his face? Uh uh John C. Riley. And every other performance they would they would switch roles. And I lit that's the first thing that just reminded me of like uh, how Everybody on the right was like, you know, you, you don't have a right to this fucking opinion. You're a fucking piece of shit. And I, I have the fucking right to react to what it is that he's doing and, and, and take whatever he's trying to say and make what I, you know, frame. Everybody's like a catcher trying to frame every ball like it's a strike to fit their fucking argument. And now the left is doing the exact same thing to fucking Drew Brees. All right. I didn't agree with what the guy said, but you got, you're going to cancel the guy, you know? He's doing basically what everybody does. I, this is my, my, these are just my opinions here. I really believe there, there are two universes that everybody lives in, the actual universe and the one between your ears, all right? And the one between your ears is so fucking vivid because you have all the pain, all the triumph, all the love, all the hate, all of the shit that's happened to you between your fucking ears. So there's no way anybody can tell you that, that that's not fucking reality so when people open the fucking hole in their head and they start spewing out words this they're basically saying you know where where they are in the fucking universe that's all it is you don't have to agree with it but um i don't think attacking drew Brees because you didn't like what he said is any more healthier than attacking uh kaepernick for what he said especially if you're trying to Go in some sort of positive direction to try to bring people together. You know, um, I, I, I just, you know, it's like, all right, I don't agree with that, but I'm not going to argue with your your right to say it. Um, but in no way would I ever take what the fuck he said and try to spin it to my own fucking political things. Uh, you know, now this is just I'm talking as a white person here. Now somebody of color obviously is going to have an immediate visceral reaction to what the fuck that guy said. 
um, which I understand that, but like all the white people jumping in and that type of shit. And just the fucking lying that is done on social media, because it was this, it was sort of a funny meme, but it was, it showed a picture of everybody that was supporting what Drew Brees was saying. And it was a bunch of white people and they all had like these dark sunglasses on. And I'm thinking like, there's no fucking way everybody that agreed with them had the dark sunglasses on. What they did was they got a bunch of them and then they got a bunch that looked alike and then posted it so they could further solidify their fucking point, which in a way is a lie. The whole thing is fucking bizarre. I don't know what is going on, but uh, I, I, I don't get that. You, you're going to cancel? You said something I don't like. I'm going to cancel you. You know, you're kneeling during the national anthem. I'm going to call the owner of the team and say, I'm not buying any more jerseys until that guy stands up. Shut the fuck up. Bunch of fucking lunatics. Lunatics. You're an adult. Somebody said something you don't agree with. Fine. Okay? That's it. You don't have to politicize fucking, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, Drew Brees, it's like, all right, if you don't like what the guy said. I mean, there's initial, the initial angry reaction. I get that. But then, you know, maybe that will lead him towards some sort of, I don't know, coming towards the middle. Let's get in the middle, everybody, huh? We're all rocking the boat here. Let's get in the fucking middle. All right, how about something positive here? I, I got a bunch of people I need to thank here. First of all, my lovely wife for going through everything that she went for and just gave me the most beautiful baby boy I could have ever asked for. And um, one of the great moments in my life uh, was seeing my daughter meet my son for the first time. And I was like all nervous because like, you know, she's been the star of the show. And I'm like, wow, is this going to be like a, a uh, co-star, you know, situation? And she's going to be like, wait, I'm, I thought I had all the lines. Why is this person taking half my lines? And it was, it was the exact opposite. Um, when she saw him, she like went like, <gasps> she took like a breath and put her little hand up to her mouth, man. It was so cool. And uh, she's absolutely fascinated by him and all of that, which... Is why I feel like I'm lucky that I had a daughter first because the way little girls, it's amazing their reaction to babies. You see like that motherly instinct and like little boys, generally speaking, could give a fuck. They just look, they're like, oh yeah, cool. And then like go and fucking break something or whatever. <laughs> so anyway, um, I was supposed to do a bunch of press over the next couple of days. Obviously I can't because I'm going to be changing diapers and trying to sleep and doing all of that type of stuff. So there's a few people I just wanted to thank. Um, I want to thank everybody over at Universal, uh, Judd Apatow, um, Pete Davidson, everybody else for, uh, you know, being understanding that I, I couldn't do, do the press. Thank you guys all so much. And uh, I was supposed to do uh, Richard Herring's uh, Leicester Square Theater podcast. Um. And uh, we're definitely going to try to reschedule that. I'm trying to reschedule as much of this stuff that I can as we sort of just get ourselves, you know, solidified here. Um, but thank you for all of them. They were so universal. Everybody was so cool. Judd, all, everybody was so cool. Like, no, no, we get it. We get it. Don't worry. Don't worry. But, you know, part of being in these things, part of having the privilege of being in a movie is you got to help sell the hell out of it and let people know that it's happening. So... If you guys could do me a little solid, the way Universal Judd and everybody else did me a solid over the next couple of days, if you guys on June 12th, um, The King of Staten Island will be streaming. If you guys, it's a fucking hilarious movie. I think, my own biased opinion, if you guys, and, um, and uh, Pete is so amazing in it. It's such a, 
incredible story. I, uh, if you could watch it, I would really, I would really appreciate it. So there you go. All right. There. Huh? Is this positive stuff? People can say things and people can get angry about them, but then, you know, you don't have to fucking, how do you cancel a quarterback? <laughs> You know, it's not like he was on, uh, the fuck was that, the dragons out in the fields there? What the fuck was the show? Uh, I, I can't fucking remember. Lord of the, not Lord of the Rings. Come on, everybody was watching it. it. had the little evil king. I wanted to watch it. My wife wasn't into it. It was just too many episodes to just, you know, you, it, when there's that many fucking episodes. King of, Game of Thrones. King of Thrones. Game of Thrones. When there's that many fucking episodes and you're married and you're sleeping in the same bed like there has to be you got to come to the middle it's like we have to pick uh we got to pick a show oh by the way i saw a fucking amazing fucking goddamn show jeez i gotta clean up my mouth here and i got two kids and i could ruin here um i want to make sure i get everybody's yeah amanda pete uh is in this i i forget what the name of the fucking show is she plays this woman oh does she bill <laughs> with christian slater they play this married couple it's based on a, a true story uh, uh dirty secrets is what it's called dirty secrets oh geez the betty broderick story and i gotta tell you something amanda pete's performance in this thing is so friggin' incredible. And then I actually looked up the real woman that she's playing. Cause I was like going like, was this woman this unhinged? And then I just, I just saw pictures of her. I was just like, wow, she is nailing this thing. And Christian Slater is absolutely crushing it playing, uh, the, uh, her ex-husband. And it is fucking wild. I think it's on the USA network. We started watching it. I mean, I sort of paratrooped into this thing where they, I don't know how many episodes in they were, but um, I'm going to go back and watch this stuff. But Jesus Christ, what a performance. Um, and what a creepy story, too. And it's kind of funny. It was like basically the overall story. I mean, you can read the overall story. If you don't, a uh, spoiler alert, just fast forward ahead for a couple minutes here. But it was basically, uh, you know, man and woman get married. They had an old school relationship where she stayed at home, was a stay-at-home mom. He continued to work, built his career. At one point, he went, uh, after finishing medical school, he decided to get a, a, a law degree. He's going to be a lawyer. And uh, then he was going to do, I guess, malpractice law or something like, something that had to do with um, medicine or something like that, legal, legalities of medicine, right? So when he went back to law school, she became the primary breadwinner. And then he became a lawyer and did all that, you know, and became, you know, what the hell he wanted to be. And then uh, their marriage went south, and he was having an affair with some chick he was working with uh, that was, like, way younger than her and yada, yada, yada. And um, so she snapped, and uh, now she's in jail. We'll put it that way. I'm trying not to ruin this for you. And what was funny was it was, like, this story, this case was groundbreaking because it opened up the whole topic of, you know, women sacrificing their own careers for their guys and then kind of being left with nothing. And I have to hand it to women. Only women 
in a double murder case could still somehow make it about themselves. <laughs> you know, because it is a legit argument. If you're sitting there and, and you, you're taking a back seat while your partner is getting all these credits and everything and then gets this ridiculous earning power as you supported them financially and then they walk, yeah, that's definitely fucked up. But it's kind of a weird time to bring it up um, after the woman who was in that situation killed two people. I mean, that's when you're kind of like, eh, I don't think that's the biggest issue here right now. I think maybe mental health might be the issue. Um, I don't know. That just, it just, the whole, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry, I got the dad brain here. It just struck me as fucking hilarious that during that time, you know what I mean? Like if a guy killed a woman and then during that time, the, you know, it, 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 during the case, okay, a guy kills a woman and it brings up this criticism that men have for women. Just imagine a world where you could pull that off. You know? I mean, ladies, you just, you, you gotta, you gotta understand, you know, when, when your, your husband's about ready to snap and just, you gotta, you gotta, you have to, at some point, let him sit on a couch and put his feet up. A man sitting down is not a, a trigger for you now to think of something that you could tell him to go do, right? Can you imagine bringing up that kind of shit? <laughs> What's, you know? Oh, you know what that reminds me of? That guy killing his ex-wife. You know what that reminds me of? My wife has this thing that she does. Just, just hear me out. This is all going to come full circle. Um, anyway, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about on this podcast, people. I got, you know, I got maybe two hours, three hours sleep last night. Um, my swaddle game is flatlined. I mean, I came in, I'm not going to lie to you, I came in a little cocky. You know what I mean? I was watching the, you know, the rookie that they put in starting and I was sitting there, you know, looking like the grizzled vet on the sidelines. Like, I got this. He's going to fuck up. And then I'm going to, I've been through this shit before. Well, two minutes left in the game. I got this shit. I've done it before. Completely forgot how to do it. Uh, Just failing miserably, changing a poopy diaper while looking at a, watching a video, how to swaddle. My boy is strong, man. You know, it's all about getting that first arm down and then you bring it across and then he's kind of like locked in and he just, he just like powers his way back up through it. Granted, my swaddle game's a little off, but, um, and he was definitely voicing his displeasure. He was definitely arguing the call when I was doing that. So, um, anyway, I'm just psyched that we're home. That's the, that's always the big thing, you know, when you have the kid, my, my big thing is you just want happy, healthy, all of that stuff. And then. The next thing is like, I just want to get everybody home. I never feel relaxed until we're home. So now we're finally home and uh, can sort of, I guess, you can't relax because I still, you know, freak out about shit. But like, at least I'm, I'm in a, a comfort zone of my house. I'll tell you what was hilarious. Like the night before my wife went into labor, I was like, I was looking at dirt bikes online. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why I was doing that. Not because I'm an idiot. I mean, that, that's sort of a given. But I was just sort of on this one, I was like really in denial of the, uh, the level of uh, work that I knew. Because the first time I, I didn't, I had no idea. 
right? What was ahead of me? And this time I did. So I was so excited when my wife was pregnant through about mid-second trimester. Trimester, sorry. Trimester? That's semester and trimester for you keeping score at home. Um, so I think I was just like in denial. I was psyched that I was having another kid, but I was also like dreading the lack of sleep and then thinking like, oh God, I got an, I already have a kid I have to be watching. Like, how the hell is this whole thing going to work? So, you know, I was just, you know, watching helicopter videos and dirt bike videos and, um, somebody uh, sent me this, a buddy of mine. He just bought this thing. I never even heard of these bikes. I don't know. The new TE250i takes the low-maintenance simplicity of a two-stroke and makes it even simpler with the aid of electronic fuel injection. See, I love that right off the bat. I'm an old guy. I don't want to kickstart this fucking thing as some fucking black bear is sizing me up in the middle of nowhere. I want to just start it up and get the fuck out of there. This means that fueling is self-adjusted, removing the need for jetting changes while two strokes two stroke oil is pumped independently at regulated ratios eliminating the need to premix fuel whether you are riding at different altitudes in varying terrain or changing temperature fuel injection ensures a perfectly controlled power delivery every time so it burns cleaner it lasts longer it's easy to start and I believe a two-stroke versus a four-stroke is the amount of t- like two strokes is it, it fires, it goes, the piston goes down, comes back up, it fires every time it goes to the top of the cylinder, where a four-stroke is like bang, two, three, four, bang, two, as it's going up and down. And I always heard the four-strokes were cleaner, um, but they weren't as quick, which I was totally into. I'm not a speed guy, all right? I like sedans, pickup trucks. Not the fucking souped up ones either. I like the, just the fucking, you know. I mean, I like to have some horses under the hood there. I'm not going to lie. But I, I, um, yeah, I just like fucking, I'm just more fascinated by them. You, see, you know, back when I used to fly helicopters, I think I'll get back to it someday. Um, I, yeah, I was never into doing like crazy shit, you know. Like I had a buddy of mine just texted me, right? He just told me this story as he fucking, he was flies out in like fucking, I don't know, somewhere in mid the Midwest. He told me there was a suspension bridge and he flew underneath it. I go, get the fuck out of here. I go, I didn't know you could do that. I go, is that legal? And he was just like, uh, you know, I don't know. LOL. He goes, but I was flying with my dad. So I had to do it, right? So um, it was hilarious because then my next text to him was like, oh, by the way, you know, my wife gave birth to a baby boy a couple of days ago. And he goes, Jesus Christ, I would have led with that. And I was like, well, you know, I didn't want to take the steam out of you taking your dad under a suspension bridge. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, dad brain. I don't know what the fucking point of that story was. Uh, was there a point? There probably wasn't a point. There's no point to this fucking thing. So, uh, anyway... Yeah, I was just looking at a bunch of stuff like that. And like, I always wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle. And those who've listened to this podcast for a long time, I don't know, some like six, seven years ago, I took the motorcycle safety course. I learned how to ride one. And then I rode one around LA for like two months. And I haven't ridden since just because somebody almost almost took my head off the way people are texting while driving out here. And I was just, you know, it was funny. What I I didn't even think about dying. I thought about 
like fucking up my leg or losing a leg and not being able to play drums. And I was just like, ah, I can't do that, you know? So now I'm like, well, if I get a dirt bike, I can still like, that's one of those man things. You just want to know how to do it. You want to know how to fucking ride a motorcycle, right? So I'm thinking I could, you know, go out in the dirt trails or whatever. And, uh, but then you get out there and then you got to worry about like, you know, you see these fucking videos of like fucking mountain lions and shit chasing people on mountain bikes and stuff. I don't know. I always like get freaked out about sh- There's always something you got to worry about. This is why I stopped riding a motorcycle because I was riding scared. So I was going to get hit sooner rather than later. So I decided against that. But uh, I have to fucking tell you though, man, like I absolutely love them. You know? I fucking love them. And I I go on YouTube and I watch those videos of these fucking young kids just doing crazy shit. And which I think is stupid because you're taking other people's lives in your hands at that point. But like, um, I kind of gravitate towards the, uh, the old man bikes, the big bikes, you know, which I was wondering for guys who ride, who listen to this podcast, if you get a bigger bike like that, I have to think it's safer in that people can kind of see you. I mean, some of those bikes, when you get like the windscreen on the front, you're, you, you are as big as a smart car, right? Um, I don't know, Verzi always said it best to me. He goes, dude, the fact that you're riding something down the street that you could just fall off of, <laughs> you know, you can't fall off a car unless you're riding. You're basically riding on the outside of a two-wheeled car and that you can go that fast is just insane. And then I also find it amazing the amount of people that are terrified of a motorcycle, but in two seconds, they they would get on a fucking scooter without even thinking about it. And it's just like, so are you just scared of the speed or are you just scared of having to know how to like shift and downshift and turn and all of, I mean, like, like, it's just such a weird thing. It's like, it's kind of like sharks and killer whales. Like, if there's a shark in the water, no one's going in the water. But if there's, like, a killer whale, they're like, oh, Sea World. And I've been watching these videos, and, like, killer whales eat sharks. And legit sharks. A killer whale can fucking eat a great white shark. For some reason, they don't fuck with humans as much. But, you know, the way we're fishing out the ocean, you got to think at some point we're going to be on the menu. And not to mention, every once in a while, they do kill their uh, instructor down there at the uh, Sea World, right? Is there a word for that? You know, like if you kill your mom, it's matricide, there's patricide. Is there a word for killing your boss? Let's see, matricide. What a thing to look up. Patricide. What is killing your boss called? Bossicide? List of types of killings. Oh, Jesus. All right. Oh, it's all side. Suicide, we all know that one. Autocide, suicide by automobile. Metacide, oh, these are all the suicide. Okay, killing self. There's suicide, autocide, metacide, murder, suicide, self immolation. Suicide is a form of protest, often by fire. Fuck. Suicide by cop, acting in a threatened manner as to provoke a lethal response from law enforcement. Uh, there's a there's a major joke I could make there, but I'm trying not to divide people here. <laughs> okay, all right, killing of other people. Um, all of these types are considered homicide. You know what's so fucked up? I never noticed that side. Uh, 
was at the end of everything. Uh, killing of family. All right, you guys want to get dark here? What is it? Avunkel side. I swear to God, Avunkel side is the killing of an, uh, uh, of an uncle. Familicide is multiple victim homicide where the killer's spouse and children are slow. I don't want to get into this. I'll just read them. Uh, Filicide, fraternicide, geroticicide. Let's get out of the killing of the family here. Killing of others. Uh, Casualty. Death in wartime. Collateral damage, death during wartime due to imprecise or incorrect targeting or friendly fire. All right, this is all depressing. Oh, here's what I was getting. Killing of superiors. Uh, Deicide, killing a god or divine being. Episcopicide, killing a bishop. Oh, episcopicide. I can't say this shit. Killing of a king, killing of a tyrant. Tyrannicide. So isn't that, maybe that'd be like if, if you thought your boss was that bad. I don't know. I want to give somebody a defense for doing that. That was a weird place to go to. I don't know why. I don't, why am I thinking this? I just brought a life into the world and now I'm talking about all the different kinds of fucking death. And with that, I think it's a good time to do a little advertising here. Oh, but do, 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 beyondies. Beyondies. Kaylin, you're a fucking boss. Do, do, I can't do that. I got to start over again. Um, edit that out. Uh, MeUndies. Okay. It's MeUndies, everybody. MeUndies. MeUndies. There's nothing funny about death. Do, 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 do. MeUndies. MeUndies. Until you smell your fucking breath. Between your legs wearing tidy whiteies. Everything's going off here. Put on some MeUndies. To give your junk some fresh breath. Sorry, all right. MeUndies, do you guys know about a thing called June gloom? It's this sad... It, it, it is... Is this said simply because it rhymes? Three hours sleep, people, and I'm dumb. Just hang with me here. That's ridiculous. What could possibly be gloomy about Junie? Discovering those undies in your mailbox while June's non-gloom sunshine is bronzing your shoulders. I would love to know what that feels like. At this point, the situation is hypothetical, but we're going to tell you how to make it real. MeUndies has this brilliant thing called the Undies Membership, where every month the softest undies ever, ever, appear at your door. The convenience factor is clutch. You never have to leave the house. Oh, and you always get site-wide savings, early access, and free shipping. It's pure joy, because when undies greet you in your mailbox... June gloom is doomed. MeUndies are made from micromodal, an irresistibly soft, sustainable fabric that encases your nether regions in a cloud-like comfort. In cloud-like comfort, it's magical. Made from trees. Another reason to give them a hug. MeUndies. Well, it's made from trees. That's weird. Why would you give it a hug? Like you guys are hippies here. Uh, MeUndies are offered in a, in a range of sizes from extra small to 4XL. MeUndies has a, has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. You got to give this super softness a try, especially because they have 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get your 15% off your first order, free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Burr. That's MeUndies.com slash Burr. All right. Oh, simply safe. 
Something we all want to be right now. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated you never use it. Jesus Christ, I've been there. This is exactly the type of security system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. They believe that simple is safer, and it's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security for right now. When feeling safe at home has never been more important. Uh, is that leftover from COVID? Or is that commenting on the other stuff? That's weird. Simply Safe has was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24/7. Order online with the click of the button, open the box, place the sensor, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. No technician or salesperson has to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract. Simply Safe was named Best Overall Home Security of 2020 by U.S. News and World Report. And their 24-7 professional monitoring and emergency dispatch starts at 50 cents a day. Head to simplysafe.com slash burr and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash burr, S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com slash burr, B-U-R-R, to make sure they know that our show sent you. Oh, look who's here, everybody. Stamps.com. Oh, from back in the day. The first advertisers ever. Stamps.com. For all our sakes, we need to avoid crowds any way we can right now. But what if you need to go to the post office? That's why, that is why, you need stamps.com. Anything you can do at the post office, you can do at stamps.com. Print postage on demand and skip those lines and crowds at the post office. Plus, you can actually save some money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. And if that wasn't enough, stamps.com also offers UPS Services with discounts up to 62%, 62%, and no UPS residential surcharges. Uh, you've heard me talk about Stamps.com. They've been sponsoring this show for over seven years now. And if you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? Plus, Stamps.com is completely online, which saves you time. No more inconvenient trips to the post office. Stamps.com brings all the service of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer in the safety and comfort of your own home, office, or anywhere else you are hunkering down right now. Whether you are a small business sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or you're just working from home and need to mail stuff, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just leave it for your mail carrier. Schedule is free. Uh, schedule a free package pickup or drop it in the mailbox. No human contact required. It's that simple. Right now, my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, that's stamp.com, stamps.com, enter Burr. Stay safe, my friends. Um, All right, so there you go. That is the podcast, everybody. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Please, uh, June 12th, watch The King of Staten Island and season four of F is for Family. Um, Thank you to everybody listening out there. Uh, What else? What else? What else? We get a little bit of bonus music here and then a... um, Not bonus, but we have a little bit of music, a little music interlude here, and then a bonus half hour episode of the Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast um, from a previous Thursday a year ago 10 years ago I don't know how that all works all right that's it I apologize if this was all jumbled 
um, up. Everybody, you know, try to come together. Let's try to work on this. Try to become a better person so stuff like this doesn't happen. And, uh, oh, yeah, remember COVID? Man, they just kind of got knocked right off the charts, didn't they? Huh? Knocked right off the charts like a boy band that they're, that's on their third album. COVID just got sent fucking packing. You know? I'm surprised they weren't all, you know, you can't pro... We'd love to hear what you guys have to say, but unfortunately, these types of gatherings are not allowed, not because we're violating the Constitution. We're just trying to keep everybody safe. So if you guys would just protest six feet apart from one another, no groups larger than five or six, um, we would greatly appreciate that. Tremendously appreciate that. Um, All right, that's it. Sorry, that was my last attempt at trying to be funny. I'm too fucking tired. I swear to God, I'm going to get some sleep this weekend, and I'm going to come back fucking swinging on, uh, what is it, Monday. Monday? Monday. All right, that's it. God bless you. Go fuck yourselves, and I'll see you. Have a great weekend. John is in the basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement thinking about the government. A man in a trench coat, bad job laid off. going on it's bill burr and it's the monday morning podcast for monday june 4th 2012 2012 how are you how's it going i know i know it's a little late it's a little late but you know can't you just go twiddle your thumbs and do something else for a minute you know instead of going on my twitter and breaking my balls i know what you're thinking bill you don't really don't have a fucking day job so there's really no excuse for you having this podcast late once again. Well, listen, if you've noticed, like Axel Rose, I am also a balding, redheaded performer. And, <laughs> and we are notorious for uh, starting shows late, for sitting in our trailers, you know, making sure our kilts fit correctly. Um, that's when you knew that band was just fucking really was just going over the top and there was nobody saying no in their camp. When he came out, you know, when he wore the kilt, it's like, what are you doing? All right. You're not Scottish. I'm sure you have some sort of Scottish heritage. You ginger bastard in your blood. But, you know, you're from fucking Rhode Island or whatever, like Indianapolis. Where was he from? Illinois? What? You're in America. It's not a kilt. Unless it's St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day, I'll look the other way. Other than that, you're wearing a fucking dress. You know, and who stole it years later? Kurt Cobain came out wearing a summer dress because he was sad. And he thought maybe if he felt a little pretty that, you know. Ah, Jesus, Bill, you really going to say it? Well, fuck it, I'll say it. Maybe he wouldn't stick a fucking gun in his mouth. You know, where the fuck do you get off making fun of that? Oh, fuck you. Um, Believe it or not, I'm actually in a great mood. Um... This is the reason why I was late today. This is my this is my the dog ate my homework excuse. Was uh, I finally went out uh, riding a motorcycle today? That's what I did. I had a manly morning. What did you do? Huh? You sit down and eat some fucking Lucky Charms, huh? You pansy. Are you sitting there smelling like gas? I don't think you are. 
<clears throat> is there anything worse than when somebody just picks up a new hobby and then they go out and they just buy all the gear and then they start walking around like they're fucking Clint Eastwood? Well, lucky for you guys, I'm not one of those guys. And the only reason why I'm not is because I'm an old bastard now. And one of the great things about being an old bastard, about being an old bastard, one of the great things, aside from having an enlarged prostate, is, is you know your limits. You've gotten fucked up. Somebody kicked you in the head by now. You fell down a flight of stairs. You fucked up some relationships. You know, people you know have gotten fucked up. You, you realize. You realize that there's not some dude in the air that gives a shit about you. You know, that you have some sort of guardian angel just looking out for you. No, if you're a fucking idiot, eventually you're going to get fucked up. Well, is that true, though? There's a couple of golden childs out there. Don't, doesn't everybody just know that guy that you've just been predicting? You know, that guy's going to get his fucking ass kicked. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Rem- rem- remember this conversation. Remember I said it, okay? The fucking guy, he doesn't show any respect. He's always running his fucking yap. I tell you, I would have done it if I didn't have so much to lose, you know? I would have kicked his fucking ass if uh, X, Y, and Z in uh, this scenario, my wife wasn't yelling at me. You know, and you just keep predicting that this guy is going to get his ass kicked. And, you know, there's always that guy where it just never happens. And uh, once they hit 40, and if you've never got your ass kicked by 40, it's it's pretty much not going to happen unless there's some sort of home invasion. You know, I would think, or unless for some reason you take up drugs late in your life, right? You end up eating somebody's fucking face. And growling at the cops. It's just, you know, isn't it unbelievable that the, I, I, I refuse to watch that video. And if you I, if you watch that video like before, if you haven't watched it yet. You know, just there, there's a those videos that's like getting just deliberately putting a virus on your computer. You don't want that shit in your own personal hard drive. You don't want that. You don't want that rolling around in your head. You don't want to see that shit. You ever fucking meet like, you know veterans who've really seen some shit, be it military or cops or whatever, prison guards, they got that look on their face. They've just seen too much shit. Christmas music starts fading away in the background. You just, you, Why would you deliberately do that to yourself? All right? It already sounded horrific enough. It's already making my stomach turn. I mean, that's just... What kind of world do we live in? Whether something like that happen? That's the new drug? I mean, on one hand, you got to hand it to the youngsters, you know? Every time, you know, you think your generation is taking it to the limit, the next generation somehow figures out a way to top you. It's one of the great things about human beings. That's why cars keep getting better, right? <laughs> People figure out how to make a sandwich a little more tastier. It's just You just keep improving. And uh, But that also goes with evil shit. And I always thought, you know, the crack 80s. When I saw crack babies, I was like, that's it. I don't know how you top that. You know, some little shivering fucking guinea pig of a kid. Never had a goddamn chance. Comes out addicted to crack. How do you beat that? You know? And then along came meth heads. Right? That sounds like the beginning of some spinoff sitcom. Right? <laughs> like meth heads was the flow from Alice to crack babies. If, if you were making a sitcom about drug use. You know, male kiss my grits. That was fucking 
meth heads. Just go with me on this. Don't be a, What else are you going to do? Huh? Go to work? Sit in your cubicle and actually get something done and earn a fucking living? That's right. Wrinkle your fucking nose at me and my podcast. What are you doing? Huh? You eating those yellow Oreo cookies you got down from the vending machine? Aren't those tasty? They are, aren't they? Now your blood sugar's starting to crash. Look at you. Big stupid head on your hand, acting like you're trying to figure something out on your computer. You're not. You know, maybe you're in an airport. And you just finished off some fucking horrible food. Right? Now you're going to go waddle your ass onto a goddamn airplane. Um, what does that have to do with anything? Oh, so anyways, then you had meth heads who I thought were basically real life zombies as far as you, as far as you could take it. And then along comes this guy. Along came Polly, right? Just like the movie, except Philip Seymour Hoffman's eating somebody's face. How great is that fucking basketball scene, by the way? Ray dance. Old school, old school's the best. Um, Eating somebody's goddamn face. I refuse to believe that that's the drug's fault. I, I think you you, you got to be like already a maniac. And then you do some new psycho drug. But who knows? Maybe that's the new thing. Maybe that's what the kids are doing. Ugh. And then, and then the guy fucking survives. And now you're in the hospital. I mean, I would just be like, dude, kill me. If I was laying in a hospital bed... And then they're acting like they're going to somehow fucking do a face transplant on me. Like, from what? Bill, can you hear us in there? Listen, we have your stabilized. We've got new. I would immediately just, I would be just start feeling around my hospital table for a pen. And I would just be like, shoot me. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't because then they would be like, well, we have to prevent him from doing what he wants to do. To himself right now. And uh, so I actually I wouldn't say that. I would just write, oh, great, on a post-it and then stick it to my non-existent forehead. <laughs> and I just keep pointing to it every time they talk to me. And then the second uh, I felt like I was alone, oh, how would I do it? Oh, that would be great. Just roll right out the fucking hospital window with your ass f- f- <laughs> hanging out of the back of that robe. I'm sorry. I feel bad for that guy and everything. I'm, I'm not making fun of that guy, but, like, I don't have the internal strength. Like, you ever see that shit, like, when, uh, like, Christopher Reeve gets thrown off a horse, hits the ground like a fucking lawn dart, snaps his neck, and then the next Oscars, he's wheeling himself out with his, like, tongue smiling at the crowd, like... I feel fortunate to be alive. I feel lucky. There's no fucking way if I'm ever presented with that challenge that I'm going to handle that even remotely in a dignified way. There's no fucking way I'm going to. I'm not as strong as those people. I'll just be, I will just be, you know, like I said, sounds great. It's going to be right on my fucking forehead and I'm going to steer my chair right down a flight of fucking stairs and that's it. It's over. I'm willing to roll the dice, you know. About what happens after you, after here, personally, you know? These fucking people who, who, who go through shit like that and then are, are able to continue on with their lives. And like, you ever see these fucking people? They're like, you know, writing a fucking novel with their left foot. You know, I'm sitting, my girl's like, take out the recycling. I'm like, ah, what the fuck? I mean, I just, you know, if there is a higher power, I think he knows who to fucking challenge. He's taking a look at me again. Oh, Jesus. We'll let that one go. 
This fucking asshole can't even make the goddamn bed. I'm going to send him flying off a fucking horse. Are you serious? Um, so anyways, let's get on with my day here. I had a phenomenal day. I went uh, dirt bike riding this morning for the first time ever. Never rode a motorcycle. Um, and I got to admit, I did all right. For an, I was driving around for like an hour. And then uh, next thing you know, they talked me into going out on the track where they had jumps and shit. And, uh, but it wasn't like, you know, they were fucking steep for me, but they had like the plateau. So you could ride right over them like a little bitch, which, uh, ex- is exactly what I did. And it's why I didn't get hurt a couple times. You know, I got into the like second gear and I kind of was like, Whoa. And there was like a fucking fence with a telephone pole. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to be doing that. I don't want to be fucking laying there, you know, with my rib cage slammed into all my vitals. I don't feel like doing that. So I, you know, I kept it slow. Then I got on the track and uh, it was hilarious. I thought I was flying when I was on the track, but someone was taking video of it, which I will give you. I will uh, put up on the podcast page. Hopefully, if if uh, it's sent to me by the time I post this, I'll definitely at least have some photos. But I thought I was flying, right? Like, I was flying. Then I watched the video. I looked like <laughs> looked like I was riding like a fucking moped. But um, anyways, I drove around for like two hours. Got it down pretty goddamn good, and I only ate shit once. I was on the track, and every, I don't know even know what happened. It was like I was up, and then I wasn't. I was like, I got it. It's going good, man. I'm going to kick up some dirt. And that was it. Landed on my shoulder. Jacked up my thumb a little bit. And you know what I did? The old man and me said, you know what, Bill? You know what? I think, I think that's good for a day. I think that's good. I rode right off the track. I went around it one more time, you know, just so I'm not, like, afraid of it. And then I uh, just went over and I uh, pulled up to the truck and I got some water. The instructor dude came up, hey, you want to ride around again? I was like, nah, you know what? I think I'm good. One face plant is good. I got a podcast I have to do. I got the gist of this shit. I'll definitely be coming back. It's a great time, man. It was such a good time. I uh, took my truck out there, met the uh, buddy of mine. He had the buddy who was got a couple of bikes. Just uh, just uh, an adventure today. You know, we got off at the exit. There was these two dogs that looked healthy. They're just running down the fucking highway. Tongues hanging out like, you know, big spoon tongues. And we were uh, pulled over, picked them up, gave them some water, uh, parked in the shade, let them hang out there. Fucking awesome dogs. They were filthy, but they were well fed and they had collars. So we, um, it was hilarious. Like right next to the track was this guy. He had like a fucking, uh, just was living in like a double wide. Like motocross, you're there for two seconds and you just feel it. It is it is a white trash sport. That's why I loved it, you know, my fucking inner redneck, you know. I mean, you could just feel it, you know, gas, gears, meth. The whole fucking thing was right there, you know. Mullets. You know, everybody there sucked at math, but they could convert a lawnmower into like a fucking Ferrari if they had to, you know, or at least a Mustang, Um, that whole vibe. So right next to the track was um, this guy had like a double wide. He had like fucking 20 dogs. So the dude who picked up the dogs is going, well, let's just drop them because we're yelling and the guy didn't come. 
I'm like, well, let's just drop him over the fence. And I, I, you know, I watch that dog whisperer shit, and I see like when a dog comes up to the pack, and everybody starts freaking out. And I'm like, I don't know about this, guys. I don't know. So we lift the dogs up, and the pack immediately is just like, ah, so fucking like, all right, not a good idea. Not a good. We almost threw these dogs to their death. So we ended up putting them back in the truck. I know there's a couple of people who know a lot of stuff about dogs right now. Don't worry. It has a happy ending, okay? So you can relax, all right? Get off the edge of your staple seat, uh, your Ikea chair. Um, this has a good ending. So we ended up going to the track. We parked in the shade, and the dogs immediately just, you know, passed out. They were so exhausted, poor things. And um, they were friendly as hell. So when we were done, we ended up just looking up... Uh, the Humane Society, and they had a drop-off. And we went over there, and we came walking in with them. Didn't have leashes. We're, like, carrying them in and shit. And uh, we come walking, like, hey, how you doing? My whole head is like, please, you're not going to kill these dogs in, like, 20 minutes, right? So we brought them in. The second we came walking in, they were like, Jesus Christ, those dogs are back again. Ah, uh, we know those dogs. And, you know, they had, they were microchipped, scanned them and shit, and, uh, which was unsettling. Because one of my buddies is going like, oh, these things are microchipped, you know. And then the conspiracy theorist in me is just like, yeah, we're next. That's what they're going to do. Uh, they bring us into after we escape a FEMA camp. On your papers, please. And they're going to fucking tackle you, scan you, and send you right back to your camp in Fresno. Um, but let's get back to the happy ending. So they knew the dogs. They scanned them. They called the owner. And then they, they ended up coming down and getting the dogs. So we did a good deed. All right? That's why the podcast is late. Because I was acting like a fucking eight-year-old, but we rescued dogs along the way. Isn't that a nice story? I got to tell you something. If you've never gone dirt bike riding, you got to do it. And I can't imagine when I saw some of the kids down there getting to ride those bikes, like how fucking incredible that must be. You know? So I remember when you were a kid, you're just sitting there riding in the back. You're always the passenger. And then all of a sudden, one day you turn 15, 15 and a half, you get your permit. Next thing you know, you're driving down the street. It's the greatest fucking feeling ever. To feel that at eight, to go from literally like, Mom, I don't want to eat Liverworth, to like fucking a half hour later, flying around the track. It's just incredible to me. Um. But anyways, it was an awesome time, and uh, I don't know. But I don't know if I have time for another hobby. And I got to tell you, like, um, you know, it was fun, but it was fucking scary. I didn't know what I was doing. At one point, like, I let out the clutch, and I just started flying. I'm in the parking lot. It's all dirt, and I'm heading towards these trees and these cars. And fortunately, I remained calm, and I had to, like, I had to, like, think. What do you do? Oh, push in the clutch, and here's the brake. Okay. And it's the exact opposite where, you know, I'm used to driving my truck. I push in the clutch with my foot. Brakes, obviously, with the foot. And now it's the opposite, unless you use the back brake, which is on the right side, the whole fucking thing. But I was able to remain calm. <laughs> it was hilarious. I stopped, and when I turned around, I saw everybody in the parking lot was laughing. And I was just sitting there like, dude, I am just a fucking YouTube video Waiting to have I this I am I I should have had epic fail, uh, written across my shoulders. It was, it was a little sketchy in the beginning, but I just kept you know. You know, I watched a couple of YouTube videos on how to ride a motorcycle, and they were just like, "Look, just keep, you know, keep it in first gear, let out the clutch, get going a little bit, and then learn how to stop, and then just keep doing that over and over again." So I just kept doing that over and over again. So once you can slow the fucker down. 
You're all right. And uh, I was I got it into second gear a couple of times. But like I said, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to break my collarbone or even worse, fucking be a lawn dart right into the. I'm just not I'm not I'm too old. I can't make a comeback from that shit. You know, you know, kids are all positive. They like fall out of a skyscraper and they're like, yeah, I'm good. You know, put on some cartoons. And they're like up and walking in like a week. Like that, that would have broke me as a human being. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just a shit talking asshole. But when it comes to stuff like that, like I'm not, uh, I, I know my limits. I fucking know them. There's a couple of times I got it up in second gear and that fucking voice that you ignore when you're a youngster, that voice that's going, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And just plays out the scenario, you know, of laying in the back of the ambulance and that guy flashing the pen light in your eyes, just playing out that scenario and all the canceled gigs I would have. And, uh, and every time, you know, it fucking, it's below 30 degrees out. My fucking liver hurts. Like I just played all of that. Every time I thought of that, I just kept slowing down. So, but uh, it was fucking awesome, man. And uh, and that's it. There you go. There's my dirt bike story. That's why I'm late. All right. Um, okay. So this is the Monday morning podcast, everybody. Did you got you? Did you watch some fucking sports about them Celtics? The fucking Saints kid. They tied it up. What I say? What I fucking? Yeah, I did. I fucking said it. Oh, yeah, fuck. You're such a fucking cunt, dude. Um, The fucking Celtics tied it up. Holy shit. Amazing. I got to tell you something right now. I have the utmost respect for fans of the NBA. It is the most fucked up, nerve-wracking game. It's, it's, I, I can't even explain it. No team can go up by 20 points and fucking hold the lead. They just can't do it. Up by 24, and all of a sudden Stern calls the refs. What the fuck are you guys doing? The rule is 15 points, 15 or more. And then they just start tweet, 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 foul away from the ball. And I, you know, I've never watched this sport where you hear the announcers review a call like six times a game. They go, I don't know what he was looking at there. Anyways, Rondo pushes the ball up court, you know. How many fucking times? It's the most frustrating sport I, I, I've ever watched in my life. When the Celtics were up by, uh, ooh, yeah, by like 15 or whatever, scored 61 in the first half, and then all of a sudden you scored 28 in the second half. It's like, what is going on with that? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like when a pitcher comes out and he's on and he's got his stuff, he has his stuff. He doesn't, like, pitch pitch lights out for four innings and then, like, let up, like, 19 fucking home runs. Doesn't happen. This fucking NBA, they said they're up by 24 points. And then all of a sudden, they can't get a call, they can't get a bucket, and all of a sudden, they say, it's a fucking four-point nail-biter. We were up by 24 points after three quarters, game three. 24, if you score 24 points, that's a solid quarter. Worth the fucking points. And somehow it went down to being like an eight-point game. And I was just losing my shit. And the more I was watching it, I was just convinced that it's manipulated by the refs. I don't give a fuck what you say. There's no other official that has more power than an NBA referee. They can kick people out of the fucking game. Okay? You can call attentional grounding on Peyton Manning. 
You can call, uh, you know, some bullshit forward lateral or some crap, but you can't kick Tom Brady out of the goddamn game unless he throws a punch. You know what I mean? I guess you can. He can verbally abuse you or touch the rim, but he has to do something. But in basketball, you can just call phantom fouls. Like if I bet, if I bet the game, this is all you got to do. Who's the best player on that team? This is what you do. Right out of the gate, you give him two quick fouls. Now he's on the fucking bench, probably for the rest of the first quarter. He comes out in the second quarter. Now you got to give him his third, but, you know, you got to wait a few minutes. You know, however the game's going, you wait a few minutes. Then you give him his third. All right? So-and-so's in foul trouble. Third quarter starts. He's on the fucking bench. And now you want the other team to make a run. The fucko comes off the bench. You give him his fourth. Tee him up, maybe. Couple of technicals there. I like I watched that game yesterday. It goes into overtime. It's a playoff game. Paul Pierce fouls out. LeBron James fouls out. Two fucking best guys out there, arguably. You know? And they're sitting on the bench. You don't watch hockey and all of a sudden fucking, you know, whoever you want to call who the fuck's even in the finals now? Eliash, you know? Zach Parisi, however the fuck you say their names. I hate the devils. I never watch them. The, you know, Oh, that's his third fucking cross check. That's it. He's out of the game. And like the like Gretzky and Lemieux are just sitting there on the bench, fouled out. And then like the scrubs come in and they can't hit fucking free throws. I, I, I just, it's unbelievably frustrating. Frustrating fucking game to watch. But we're tied up. We're tied up. So did that make any goddamn sense? If you guys ever watch those YouTube videos when you see... Uh, when you see what's his face, uh, when you see that whole Sacramento series, the Sacramento Kings that was against the L- L.A. Lakers, the 2002 uh, series that was allegedly fixed, um, you saw right there how to fix a game. They just fouled out both their centers on bullshit fucking calls, and uh, then sh- you just let Shaq run wild. And they still almost lost the game. I don't know, man. You know what it is? I'm so sick of people like being a hockey fan. Unless you run into another hockey fan. It's the weirdest sport to be a fan of because people just shit all over. Well, why do they let them fight? I can't see the puck. And after watching the NBA for like the last three weeks, it's like, why don't you worry about the mobbed up refs in your league? You know, I think the NBA is is basic. It's a pure game. It's a beautiful game. But it's basically a traveling gambling ring. As far as I can tell, the players gamble with each other. They get into fist fights on planes. They bring guns to the fucking arena. You had a mobbed-up ref, you know, and then they pulled the Lee Harvey Oswald. He acted alone. Horse shit, right? You have the biggest star of the game has to mysteriously just retires for a year and a half, and then one of his loved ones essentially is murdered, like, execution style. Like, there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit going on. So why don't you go fuck yourselves with your criticisms of hockey, okay? I can recognize NBA is a great game, but uh, your, your league, it's a little fucked up. And as far as you guys who can't see the puck, why don't you start by looking at the guy that everybody seems to be focused on, all right? That's usually the guy with the puck, the black object against the white surface that you for some reason can't see. Um, speaking of which, I'm trying to go to game four, the L.A. Kings. You know what's the best thing about about the L.A. Kings making the playoffs is listening to the local sports radio shows like Have to Talk Hockey 
dude, they are fucking flailing out here. I listen to that, that, that Max and Marcellus show. I, that's the show I always listen to. And they're great and everything. But when it comes to hockey, they don't know a fucking thing. Max is just hitting you with basic. Uh, they got there quicker than any other team. Uh, big team. They're playing together. He's nothing. The guy's got nothing. This is funny. Like two weeks earlier, I was listening to his show and some jackass called him. was going, yeah, I'm a casual fan of hockey. I go to a couple games a year. You know, if they just would tell you what a cross check is, it's like right there. It's like, dude, you're not a casual fucking fan. That would be like me saying I'm a casual fan of the NBA. I go to a couple games a year. If they just tell me what traveling is, it's like, how do you not pick that up within the first fucking period and a half? All the criticism, criticism against hockey is so ridiculous. I love when they go, why do they have two half times? It's like, dude, why don't you go back to basic math and realize that it's mathematically you can't have two half times, right? They have a third time and a two-thirds time <laughs> if you want to get te- technical, correct? All right. Anyways, this is the podcast. Hey, you know what time it is? It's time for some fucking advertising. What do you say? Father's Day is coming up, everybody. If it wasn't for your dad looking at your mom. Wanting to get down, you wouldn't be here, right? This is the thing about Mother's Day. You go all out on Mother's Day. Everybody does, right? You just go all out. It's your mom. She's a saint, right? You go all out. And what happens? Father's Day. Your father is basically Walter Payton in Super Bowl Twenty. Remember, they let the fridge. The fridge is your mom, right? The fucking popular one. Hand it off to her, and sweetness doesn't get a touchdown, all right? Well, I think it's high time you let your dad fucking run one in. All right? And you can do it with the man great. What is the man great, you, you ask? Well, when you go out and you look at your father's grill, he's going to have one of those grills where they have those little skinny little grills. You know what I mean? That you couldn't even, you couldn't even put like uh, a cheese it on without it falling through. You know, this is what the man great is. It's a, basically, it's a grill enhancement system, which means you don't have to go buy a new grill. This is going to enhance it. You ever go into those awesome steakhouses and you look at their, their psycho mesquite grill that they have and those really thick uh, grates that they have and the little, the little moat thing to catch the grease so there's no grease fires? They basically – they finally made one. I don't know why it took so long for someone to do this, but they finally made one for your grill at home, which basically now you're going to get the, 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 the look and the flavor of a real steakhouse. All right? And this is the best part. 100% made in America. Cast iron grilling grates. What do we make in America? Huh? Weed and this. I think that's all we have left. All right? This is actually legal in all 50 states. All right? They're 100% made in America. Cast iron iron grilling grates. They're heavy-duty grilling grates. Deliver exactly what you need to achieve that steakhouse flavor that you've been looking for. Uh, Man grates got the patented design. It's great for chicken, steak, veggies. Um, all that stuff is never going to taste so good. You don't have any more fl- flare-ups or dry meat guaranteed. Take advantage of the $20 Monday morning podcast special today by clicking on man- on the Mangrate banner at BillBird.com. Just go on the podcast page. Um, as a bonus, every BillBird.com order comes with a heavy-duty Mangrate br- grilling brush. Come on, man. That's what you buy your dad right there. Okay? That's one. Buying your dad... A man great for Father's Day is one rung below just buying him like an old pistol. <laughs> it's just a manly thing to get him. 100% made in America, 100% cast iron, steakhouse quality, $20 off, and you get your little, your little wire brush there. 
Huh? Who's hooking you up? Who's hooking you up? Well, how, how could you do better? How could you do better? You know, get him a hooker. Um, <laughs> Dad, you've been faithful all these years. Oh, here's a here's a uh, here's a an email from uh, somebody talking about NBA refs because I was not convinced that the NBA's fixed or at the very least manipulated. You know, oh my God, the lottery. Are you serious? The lottery. The Knicks win the first one ever because you want Patrick Ewan to go to New York City. Of course. Absolutely. Um, the foul away from the ball. I don't know what he was looking at there. Um, NBA refs. Bill, saw your tweet about NBA refs and how they are in it for the money. Well, it's the truth. Uh, this guy's claiming that this is the truth. This is all alleged before I get sued by a conglomerate of those footlocker jackasses. Uh, I'm friends with the daughter of one of, uh, one of the top paid refs in the league. I just went to a wedding on Friday night, and there were two tables of NBA refs there. No lie. I can provide pics for verification. I don't want any pictures. Don't send me any pictures. I don't want to rat anybody out here. I just think it's hilarious. Anyways, anyway, I know that refs gets paid, referees get paid ten grand per game for the NBA finals. So if the series gets swept, it's, uh, it's forty grand. But if it goes to seven games, that's a difference of thirty grand. I work in finance, and that's a lot of coin for an extra three days of work. Plus, the network gets more money from advertisers, etc. Although a sport, uh, although a sport, it's a major business. I don't know what that sentence means. Uh, former ref Tim Donahue got busted for gambling on games a while back and wrote a book about it. This is my favorite thing. They say that that guy has no credibility. You know, that's what they said about Jose Consenco when he first came out and, you know, was ratting everybody out. Like, oh, he's old. He's bitter. He's turned his back on baseball. Uh, wait a minute. He's right. Oh, sorry about that. You know, plus, if you say he has no credibility, then you have to, like, let 80 percent of people out of prison because that's how they ended up in prison. The person they did the crime with was negotiating their, their fucking sentence down and they ratted him out. Right. I don't know. I think the NBA is filthy. You know, Pete Rose bets on baseball. He's banned from baseball for life. Jordan bets on it. He gets to go play baseball. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Former ref Tim Donahue got busted for gambling on games a while back and wrote a book about it. The guy is from the same neighborhood as I am, and we know some of the same people. The guy who does my homeowner's insurance was named as a gambling partner in the first chapter. It's eye-opening of how shady the business is and how refs can cheat so easily to fix the outcome of a game, Um, according to Tim Donnie. This is all alleged, people, all alleged. Philadelphia is a hotbed for NBA refs, and I actually went to high school with an active NBA ref who was also at the above-mentioned wedding. I love the podcast, but just started listening a few months ago. How could I download the podcast? Dude, you didn't really say anything. You just said you went to a wedding with some NBA refs. You know how much they make a game. But you didn't really provide any. That's all circumstantial. I don't know. It just seems so filthy. Like, they call, like, when they call those ticky-tack fouls, I'm telling you, they're thinking ahead in the game. is, Is how I look at it. Like, I, I get Paul Pierce fouls out, but, like, those bullshit ticky-tack fouls that you call on him in the beginning of the game is how he ends up fouling out in the end when he actually fouls somebody. So I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm sitting there watching us. we got a 15-point lead, and then all of a sudden 
within a minute. Paul Pierce and Rondo both pick up their fourth fouls, have to sit down, and next thing you know, it's a game again. You know? So I don't know that they necessarily – this is the feeling that I have when I watch the NBA. I feel like somewhere around 14, 15-point lead in the playoffs. Playoffs. Um, that's when all of a sudden, you know, calls start going the other way because they don't want people to turn the channels. At the end of the fucking day, it's a business. They keep it close. Just keep it close. That's what they're doing. I don't know. I'm an asshole. Don't listen to me. But I, I, I 100%. It, it just wouldn't surprise me. If somebody came out and they actually found out that like 18%, that's a little high. I'd say 11% of NBA games are, are strongly manipulated. I, I would be surprised that it, that it wasn't more like 18%. Because when I, I just watch them, it's just like, how many times can they just be like, there's like no foul, and that that shit. I know I talked about it last week, but Kobe hacks a guy across both fucking arms. They call him for his third foul in the second quarter. You know he's going to sit down. That's going to affect the casual fan watching. They have a 90 second meeting, and then they give the foul to somebody else. I mean, that's a business move, right? Fucking there. And then the announcers, well, I don't know what they're looking at there. Right, right. Kobe bringing it up the court. It's fucking nuts. Shooting the front end of a one and one. There's a foul away from the ball. Jeez, what was he looking at? I don't know. It must have been something before the video. They was act. They act like perplexed. All right, here's a sexuality situation, everybody. Um, <clears throat> hey, Bill, I need your advice on something. Uh, this is a not. This is not about a breakup, dating, or gold diggers. But I think your advice could help me. Could help me out on an extremely awkward position. I'm 19 and I'm home from college for the summer. I've been home for about a month, and I live in North Carolina, but go to college in Arizona. Dude, good move. Arizona with all those fucking whores out there coming to class in, like, bikini tops. And you're out there with your cuter-than-cute southern drawl. How much ass are you getting? Well, let's find out, shall we? Okay, while I was away at college, I have opened up to new ideas such as politics, religion, and about my sexuality and my bisexuality. And I am bisexual. At the beginning of summer, I started hanging out with my old friends from high school, one of which was gay. We had messed around in high school, but nothing serious. What does that mean? You flicked his balls a little bit? (laughs) Sorry, the fucking joke is there. I'm going to do it. All right, come on. Take it like a man, like everybody else. Okay, everybody gets trashed on this. Here we go. So this summer, he and I were hanging out at my house, and nobody was home. We started, we started to drinking. Oh, gee, she's playing some music. YMCA. And he started to smoke some weed, man. Then after about two hours, we decided to do the dirty. Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. Slugging our way through here. Halfway through us getting it on, my mom walks into the room and catches us in the act. Wow. Now, talk about the needle going off the fucking record. She started yelling at me, <laughs> swatting me with the mail. She had just gotten I'm surprised she didn't turn the hose on you. Kicked my friend out of the house, then banned him from ever coming over again and started screaming about the Bible and a bunch of religious shit. By the way, this all happened when I was in a, in a panic trying to get some clothes. Oh, my God, dude. What a way to come out. 
The only thing was Mitch was a giant neon I'm gay sign hanging over you. Wow. That's a fucking situation there, huh? Ever since then, my mom and dad have been forcing me to go to a few religious nut jobs that are supposed to convert me from bisexual to heterosexual. That's hilarious. You know, like you're going to convert a truck from two-wheel drive to four-wheel drive like it's that fucking easy. This is a huge pain in the ass because, one, there are churches on every corner in North Carolina, and, two, I don't want to change. So you shouldn't. Dude, you can't. You are who you fucking are, and they're going to have to accept it. Also, my parents have been treating me differently now, and it's really weird and awkward every time we talk. So I guess my question is, how do I deal with this? Dude, this might be outside the the realm of my lack of expertise here. Do I tell them that I don't want to go to some religious fat fuck who is a Jesus freak and whose stomach is as long as his vowels? Oh, he got that southern draw. You can't be sucking dick. Um, or should I just pretend to be straight until the end of summer, then go back to living the life I want to live at college? Also, how do I keep sane with people telling me that I am living my life wrong and that God is judging me? I hope that wasn't too sad. Dude, it's a fucking epic story. Thank you for sharing it here. Um, all right, this is the deal, dude. You, you need new friends. You need to keep the friends that accept you for who you are, and the ones who aren't, you just got to phase them out. Your parents, your parents will come around. You know, they're going to come around because you're, you're their son. All right? Stereotypically, probably your mom before your dad or whatever. But I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But what the fuck are you going to do? You know, you are who you are. You got to go be who you're going to be. And uh, as far as do you tough it out for the summer, that, that's, up, that's up to you. That's up to you if you're going to keep going back. I mean, if I was going to keep going back to some shit that I wanted, didn't want to go to, I would just I, – I would have fun with it. I would just act like a fucking moron, and I would keep acting like I was almost cured and then at the last second be like, but don't you think John Travolta's cute? Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. And just fuck with the guy and just have a good time. If you can't get out of it. If you don't want to, you know, fight, you know, if you don't want to be like Hitler and try and fight on three fronts and end up in a fucking bunker, uh, maybe you just start with the get some new fucking friends. Uh, that's it, dude. That's brutal, man. That's brutal. But uh, you'll get through it. You'll get through it. And you'll find some fucking people, you know. I don't know. It's weird. In a weird way, everybody does that beyond that shit, you know. As a comedian, I never fit in anywhere. Everywhere I went, like when I fucking had jobs and they would be sitting there and I had my little Michael J. Fox fucking suit and tie on, like thinking that, that this is what I was going to do and everybody was going in for some fucking meeting. I never gave a fuck and I never – I just felt – always felt like an outsider until the day I walked into a comedy club and I basically found people who were the same kind of weird that I was. So they didn't seem weird to me. Uh, but admittedly, comedians, we're all out of our fucking minds. So that's what you have to do in a gay way. You just got to go find some heterosexuals who are accepting of you and go get some gay friends. And, uh, you know, you're going to have a great life. And you're going to have abs until you're 60, evidently, because that's how it works with gay people. <laughs> Fuck them. Be who you are and uh, that's it. All right. There you go. All right. Dealing with girlfriend's mom. Girlfriend's mother. Dear Billiam, I'm 24 years old, 
You know, it's funny. I always do this this Boston accent. I think that it fucks with my language for the rest of the week. My language? No, my accent for the rest of the week. I'm 24 years old and recently started. Let's let's see if I can pronounce my R's through all of this. I'm 24 years old and recently started started dating a new gal. She's a complete sweetheart. Sorry. Also, 24 years old, but her mom already hates me. What do you got? A mullet? You got an earring? You got a loud car? Do you got that look? I'm gonna fuck your daughter. What's going on with you? Uh, he says, I'm a pretty successful guy for my age. College graduate. I have a house, legit office job, etc. How the fuck you got a house at 24? Do you come from money or are you dealing? Dude, if you're a college graduate and you legitimately found a job and were able to buy a house, like, I don't, I don't know, like, you're probably like one of five people from your generation that's able to do that with this fucking economy. So I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Congratulations. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that you don't have a meth lab in your uh, bathroom. Um, anyways, the girl, girl lives at home. And before, she was, uh, before me, she was dating a guy in medical school. Her mom crept through my Facebook profile and decided, based on the suburb I'm from, the school I went to, and the fact I'm not a doctor, I'm not good enough for her daughter. Oh, which means she probably pressured her daughter to go date a fucking doctor. Or, you know... She dated a doctor trying to make her mom happy. That's what I'm guessing <clears throat> with my lack of a psychology degree. Um, but my, my cynical, everybody's a cunt way of looking at stuff. Uh, well, after three months of dating and accepting I might be around for a while, they finally agreed to meet me. Her dad seems like a nice guy. It's just the mom I have to, air quote, impress. So here's the issue. I can't play the redneck, redneck stereotype too hard. By wearing acid-washed jeans and a Def Leppard t-shirt because my girl will get pissed off. But to my, my advantage, I own two cars, both of which will annoy her and deem me a fucking hick. Uh, which option, in your p- opinion, would be funnier parked in the wraparound driveway of their million-dollar house? And now he sent me pictures of his two fucking sweet rides. He's got a 2006... Ford Mustang GT. This is my daily driver. It's blue with silver racing stripes and lowered two inches. I have the cats removed and full exhaust. I don't know what that means. What, catalytic converters? I have no idea what that even means. I I just love that you assume that I knew. Um, So it's loud as shit, and it's a five-speed, so I can play like I sucked at driving a stick and do the rev and release clutch move that all 16-year-olds do. That should rattle their stainless steel appliances and granite countertops. Number two, I got a 1991 Ford F-150 4x4. My bad weather slash housework, uh, I think you beat her? Wrote better. 351 Windsor, motherfucker. Two-tone red and white single cab red bench seat. It has plenty of NRA stickers on the back from the previous owner. My favorite being fight crime, shoot back. Oh, dude, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. You gotta, I think you got to go with the truck. Fender wells are rusty, are rusting out, and there's several rust holes in the bed. It also leaks coolant and oil and would leave a nice stain in the driveway. I don't plan on being a dick or anything when I meet them, but if, if she's going to judge me without even knowing me, I'd hate to let her down. Enclose their pictures of both cars and the bumper sticker on the truck. Please advise. Uh, that's what we say at the end of emails in bullshit corporate America. Oh, please, please advise. Um, dude, those are beautiful cars, man. 
I love two-tone pickup trucks, too, by the way. Uh, this is what I, yeah, pull up. Pull up in your pickup, and then the next time you come over, you come over in the car, and that'll do the other stereotype that people uh, who don't come from money always, you know, buy depreciating assets. Um, I don't know, dude. It all depends on how much you care about this girl because I, your whole attitude is perfect. You shouldn't give a fuck whether uh, she likes you or not. You really shouldn't. There's nothing you can do about it. Just, uh, you know, romance her daughter if you love her. If you don't, get rid of her. Um, don't stick around just out of spite. But uh, I would definitely go with the pickup truck, man. The pickup truck's fucking hilarious. But you know something? The Mustang's cool, too. The, that Mustang says, I, you know, I'm going to bang your daughter before we even get to the restaurant. And it's loud. Maybe the Mustang. Do you got a mullet? How about a clip-on earring? Um, I don't know. Anyways. Anyways, what the fuck else happened to me here? I got to click back to my notes here. There's a couple of stories I want to tell you. I told the motorcycle one, right? Didn't I? The fucking nine hours. Ah, oh, shit. Where the fuck is it? There we go. Where the hell is it? You know what? This fucking computer, man. I, I, how sick are you guys listening to me bitch about my computer? Let me just get rid of this. Oh, shit. You know what I went to on... Um, was it Wednesday of last week, Thursday of last week? I went down to the House of Blues. They had the John Bonham uh, birthday bash. It's become this this yearly thing with this this cover band, basically. Not cover band. It's like these insane fucking musicians. I guess they're all playing Led Zeppelin. They come out, and then all these drummers sit in, and they and they play uh, all these Zeppelin tunes. And it's, it's it's the fucking shit, man. And there were some guys out there who really, really impressed me. Simon... It was, it was crazy. Um, Freddie Cupcake Curry, the nicest guy in rock and roll. Now, if you remember that from MTV, Headbangers Ball, you're showing your age. He played uh, Custard Pie and Simon Wright, the drummer for ACDC from 83 to 90. He took over when Phil Rudd got kicked out and uh, right before they did Razor's Edge. 1990, he left to go play with Dio. And all I, I never really listened to Dio, at least that part of his career. And uh, all I heard was him just playing the ACDC stuff, which was total 2424 stuff. And he came out and played The Ocean, and he fucking crushed it. Phenomenal drummer. But more importantly, the last time I saw both those guys on the same night, I saw them play the old Boston Garden. Cinderella was opening up for ACDC on the Heat Seeker Tour. Huh? You jealous? Isn't it, isn't it amazing that it took me 43 years to find dirt bikes <laughs> when you hear that story? But uh, Freddie Curry played Custard Pie, and uh, I felt there was two different – all the drummers there were great, but I felt there was two kinds of drummers that night. There was the drummer that was going up there that loved John Bonham and was paying tribute to him and and understood – what it was that John Bonham did. And then there was the other guy. So was, this was a small portion. Went up there, and it was just a jerk-off festival that they were going to go up there and show that they could play all the fucking licks, and they were playing all over the kit throughout the song. And it just, uh, I don't know. One guy I saw put the drumstick in his, between his teeth as he was just playing with his right hand, and I was just thinking, you know, Bonham would have smashed a snare drum over your fucking head. What are you doing? 
What are you doing? I mean, was he biting on it because he felt he, he fucked up a lick? I have no idea, but it was annoying. It fucking annoyed me. Um, oh, and it started off great. The guy who organizes it, Brian Tishy. I think he organized it. He played in the evening, man. He just fucking crushed it. And uh, I was in my John Bonham glory. And um, and then Sebastian Bach came out and sang Whole Lot of Love. It was just, it was just the shit. And the last time I saw Sebastian Bach live was... December 31st, 1989, I had just lost my license for drinking and driving, and I saw Aerosmith at the Boston Garden to bring in the decade of the 1990s. That's how I went out of the 80s. It was on the done, not done, I always say done with mirrors. It was the pump tour, and uh, Aerosmith was sober by then, so they sounded fucking incredible. And that was that classic story I told you where when that concert was going on was right around the time when uh, another bad egg that the United States had invested in, Manuel Noriega, down in Panama, all of a sudden wasn't doing what the fuck we wanted to do, wanted them to do. You know the deal. All these dirtbags, they're all doing shit that we, we don't want them to do, but they're doing what we need them to do, so it's okay. And then the second they stop doing what we need them to do, all of a sudden we're outraged that they gassed their own people fucking 12 years earlier. How could he have done that in 1973? Ah, we got to go in and get this guy, right? Uh, it's like the fucking Kobe Bryant foul. 90 seconds later, they give it to somebody else. It's like, what the fuck have you been talking about? So anyways, so, you know, they're pumping us with all the information about Manuel Noriega. And none of it is good. So, you know, so he goes up there in the middle of this fucking metal show. He decides, I know I told this story before, but I love this story. He decided out of the fucking blue, to, to go political. I remember he was standing on stage. Now, he might have been drunk, just, just you know, for him to save face, but he was wearing these leather pants, and I just remember him standing there. He goes, what's up with this man well? And he grabbed his dick, and he goes, suck my fucking burrito, man. <laughs> it was fucking horrific. And it was this awkward pause, and everything just went, wow. Everybody starts cheering. He goes, I see he said something about going down there and fucking nuking him. It was the classic. And for all you cunts over in England, the guy's from Canada. So go fuck yourselves. All right? You think another typical stupid guy from the States. All right? And he might have been pandering. But I got to tell you, we all cheered. That's right, Sebastian. You figure out Central America. And then play Slave to the Grind. Oh, no, no, that was their first tour. That's when they were singing, 18 in life, you got it. 18 in life, you know. Right? And all the chicks are like, oh, my God, look at me when I take my tits out. Not at her. Oh, those were the days. Oh, those fucking fishnetted whores. It was, fun. It was the greatest fucking thing ever. I'm really so happy that I grew up during that time rather than the grunge period. When all those hairy chicks were just fucking walking around with their Sasquatch muffs, you know, high and tight 80s, baby. <laughs> it was right before the really bad. I mean, there was two things that were really bad in the 90s. Like, you know, that grunge music, you know, the top tier, I like. All right. But there was a lot of moping around just because moping around was selling albums the same way with hair metal. There was a lot of shit about the devil and, you know, they weren't really sacrificing anybody. Right. Um, it was only the top shelf that were, 
But anyways, the 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 mopey music of the '90s, and then the fucking the just absolutely perfect circle, horrific grapefruit fake tits, where you had like a varicose vein on the side of your titty. Like those two of the worst things from the '90s, I would say. You know, one of the best things from the '90s I would say would be Soundgarden. I'd go with them. I'm sure I get plenty of fucking emails. They fucking suck. They actually ripped up. I don't give a shit. You guys like me, anytime your computer comes up and says, hey, there's new software available. Yeah, would you like to download it? And you got that option, not now. You know, like hitting the snooze alarm on your fucking computer. And then one day you go to your iTunes doesn't work. None of the video works. And then you yell at your computer like it's the, it's the problem. That's what I like to do. Hey, everybody, have you been to the post office lately? Yeah. How did that work out? Wouldn't it be wonderful if somehow you could take the enormity of the, of the postal industry and just stick it inside your, of your apartment? Put it right in your little sleeping bag. Wouldn't that be great? Well, I'm here to tell you that that's a possibility. If you go to Stamps.com, everybody, um, you can stop one of the biggest wastes of times in your life right now, which is going to the post office, especially when you've got a business to run or maybe you just want to sit down and eat a sandwich, right? That's why you need Stamps.com. It's not only going to save you time, you can buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer or a friend's and a printer. Uh, Print exact postage for any letter right from your desk using the free digital scale. Um, The exact postage uh, for a letter or package. Sorry, I read that wrong. Basically, anything you want to ship. You can stick that baby in a box and put it on a scale. You know, maybe you need some help. Now you got a friend. Right, You have him pick it up, you put it on the damn scale, you weigh it, you put the postage right on, you walk out, you put it in your post office box, whatever, your mailbox, and then you go right back to watching TV. Bill, we know we know what we would do if we had the post office in our own apartments or houses or outhouses or tents. Do you live in a tent city? Do you have an outlet? Uh, buy stamps.com, uh, but stamps.com will also give you money. It's a fraction of the cost of a postage meter, plus you get discounts you can't even get at the post office. That's a great thing if you get in early with Stamps.com because once it blows up, you know that they're not going to have any of these discounts. So you get in early. All right, I'm sure I'm going to get a note on that. Actually, we plan on having discounts forever. Uh, right now, if you use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, for this special offer, you get a no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale and up to $55 in free postage. Don't wait. This is the call to action, everybody. Go to stamps.com right now. Before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. That's stamps.com. Enter Burr, and you will be in the wonderful world of uh, not having to go to the post office anymore. You know? That'd be great. What if you had the grocery store in your own apartment? That'd probably be next. Go to grocerystore.com. Wouldn't it be great if lemons fell out of your ceiling? Do you know uh, the wonderful, the beautiful, the lovely Nia has been, uh, she's been on a tear lately, you know, planting all this shit out in the yard, and uh, none of it's edible. So we're having this big fight. Like, she likes pretty smell. It smells good. I like it. It's lilac. It's like you can't fucking eat that shit. You know, why don't we get a, uh, you know, like a watermelon tree or something, right? Watermelons don't go. Fuck yourself. I know they don't grow on trees. You know what I mean. Let's get something edible out here. Let's grow some goddamn potatoes. You know? Let's go grow some fucking food. That's what I want to do. They got those little dwarf trees. 
like a midget uh, grapefruit tree. They got a midget avocado tree, and they just you just stick them in a barrel, and there you go. Apocalypse comes. Here comes Jesus throwing all the sinners down into hell, and you're just sitting there eating avocados. Like, go fuck yourself, you hippie. I got a food supply. What are you going to do to me? Huh? At the end of the day, I know you're a pacifist. I know you don't got it in you. You don't have that rage like your dad does. Talent skips a generation. All right? Why don't you go play the fucking maracas and get out of my face? I know that's not your three-headed dog. That's your dad's. Yeah, go for Look, I respect your dad. I'm not disrespecting him. I'm disrespecting you. Yeah, I'm sure that's how you're going to tell this story, you fucking pussy. Right? All while you're eating an avocado or grapefruit or some shit like that. You know, recently I worked with somebody, and they said something about uh, um, they said something about the uh, microwave. I don't think I can ever use one again. He said they microwaved water to the boiling point and let it cool down, and then they boiled some water on the stove. And they watered two rows of flowers. And uh, the water with the microwave water, they all died. (laughs) So I'm all set on the microwave. That's all it takes. If it kills a plant, what's it doing to me? I don't know. I'm easily scared, everybody. And I'm very, I'm not, I'm not trusting. So if you have any remote, like, theory on anything, like, you know, I would literally phase out uh, living in a house if if you had a good enough lie as to why it was slowly killing me. Um, anyways, what else do we got here? What other, what other? I promised I would resend this to you, run this whenever you would like. All right, this is Spotify.com. All right, this is one of these places that you... you uh, oh, for Christ's sake, what is this? This is the graphic image. Why don't I have this stuff ready? Ugh, the worst. You know, this is why I'm a comedian, because I swear to God, if I was in the real world and I had some sort of presentation, I would be the guy showing up with, like, the papers falling out of my briefcase. Uh, what, what, what I meant to say. I would be like the nutty professor, but I would never turn into the cool guy. Jerry Lewis's, by the way. Um, what is Spotify? Uh, it's a new way to listen, listen to free – to listen to music for free. Millions of tracks, artists, and even co- – Comedic content is on there for you to access whenever you want. I know what a lot of you guys think. Bill, why are you hyping this stuff when you had a problem with that other site? Because this site actually is going to pay me for my material. So I don't have a problem with them. So go down to Spotify, everybody. Um, this is why, the way I, th- I think about Spotify is iTunes, but with the entire world's library. Oh, is this what I'm supposed to say? This is what I think? You guys are speaking for me? Evidently, Spotify is like iTunes. <laughs> but with the entire world's library at your fingertips. Well, right there, that's better than iTunes. How many times you go on iTunes? You go to look up a band and they don't have it, unless it's like the biggest thing ever, you know, like your guilty pleasures. Oops, I did it again. They'll actually have the B tracks of Britney Spears on Spotify. It works on a PC. It works on a Mac, home audio system, and mobile phones. Tracks play live. There's no need to wait for downloads and no big dents in your hard drive. Spotify connects seamlessly with your Facebook account and allows to easily discover new music and share them with friends. Super easy to use. And here's what you do. You go to the Spotify link on the website. Click register from your Facebook account. Download Spotify to your Windows or Mac computer. Search and play the millions of songs that are now yours. Doing it this way will give you free access access to Spotify and it's really just that simple. 
Um, Bill, do you have a deal for us? Yes, I do. For every one of my listeners that I drive to, uh, this is the actual deal that I get. Every one I drive there, I get a free quarter of a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, four listeners, that's, uh, that's a whole sandwich. Um, banner ad is attached to the email. Oh, we don't even have this up yet. I'm going to have to hit, uh, Jesus Christ. Why did I do that? You know what you did? That's like you just got somebody's leaked copy, the tracks of their new album. We're going to have that up for next week, everybody. Old Spotify.com. <laughs> boy, oh boy, this is the greatest thing ever, says Bill. I like when there's copy like that. I don't even have to think. Um, anyways, let's get back to the podcast here. What do we got here? Do we got some overrated underrators? We got to wind this down here, right? What are we up to? An hour and two minutes, Bill. You ever hear of leaving and wanting more? All right, we've gone through the advice, dealing with girlfriends, mom. All right, here's the last one. It's entitled Virgin. Like a virgin. Hey, who here wouldn't still bang Madonna? Huh? I just, oh, she'd be so fucking annoying, though. Just shut up. You're from Detroit. You're not fooling me with your dumb accent. Uh, I'm 21 years old, dude. Just graduated. Did Bobby Kelly write this? I'm 21 years old, dude. Do you guys listen to the What the Fuck podcast huh? or Christopher Titus's podcast that I'm going to be on that I don't even know the name of? I actually just went and did his podcast. I didn't even learn the goddamn name of it because I'm so wrapped up in my own thing. You know what's funny is I went to the search thing and I actually searched cricket is gay because I wanted to see what Jason Alexander said. Uh, all right. Chris Titus podcast you know what's great about us doing the podcast if there's any video of it you guys can actually see that we are two different people TitusPodcast.com. there we go this is what you do you go to TitusPodcast.com, and there's all kinds of music uh all right it's just called the titus podcast it's got a cool logo the son of a bitch anyways i did one of his and i actually just tweeted it this this week so there you go there, there's your homework this week listen to the what the fuck dude no, not what the fuck. Oh, you know what, dude? What the fuck is Marin's? You know what, dude, is Bobby Kelly's and the Christopher Titus podcast. Go to TitusPodcast.com. All right? If you like this podcast, hell, you might even like those. All right, Virgin. I'm a 21-year-old uh, Virgin dude. Just graduated from college in L.A. Is that Louisiana or Los Angeles? And one of my bigger issues... That was a great Dennis Miller joke a long time ago. Just got back from L.A. I love Louisiana. Uh, yeah. And one of my bigger issues in my life right now is that I'm still a virgin. Dude, 21, that's not bad. Uh, I'm not attractive. I'm not unattractive or anything. I work out, have a bit of an issue with acne, but it's nothing like having a gigantic pus ball on my face. I was in a relationship with a girl since I was 14, and we ended it when I was 20 because we just couldn't deal with the long distance anymore and she was really conservative christian and i guess i was naive and stupid enough to tell her that i would wait that's all right you're a good guy therefore the more we went the most we went oh the most we went to was just oral sex all right dude well you're not like a terminal virgin you're actually dude you're living the life you're you're having sex like you have it like a uh, one of those massage parlors uh, <laughs> uh, we came close a couple of times, but I, I would always back out because I'd feel bad that I would be 
running off with her virginity because at the back of my mind, I kind of knew this relationship was never going to work out. Jesus Christ, dude, you're a saint. It doesn't help that she and I have had the same group of friends. So if word got out what I did, uh, that would have been seen as a dick move. Now that I'm actually single and looking for chicks, and on occasion I've actually managed to convince a few to come home with me, all right, you're in the game. I feel this innate sense of pressure that I wouldn't be able to perform well and would end up embarrassing myself due to lack of experience. Dude, you're going to be fine. These nightly escapades would therefore only tend to end up with makeout sessions or the occasional finger bang blowjob before I pussy out. What do you think I should do? Should actually do in a situation like these when I'm taking a chick home who probably has way more experience than I do? Uh, and I should just, should I just take a heavy dose of man the fuck up and wing it in the future? Uh, I wouldn't think of telling a girl that I'm a virgin before fucking her would sound remotely attractive to her in any circumstance. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, dude, you know what you got to do. Just, like, look. You know I got good at playing hockey or halfway decent, upper level of sucking? You know, like I gradually got to the truth on that? <laughs> I am at the upper, upper sucking. Not quite lower mediocre. How I got there was I played with people who had more experience than me. All right? So just slide that over to banging the, these girls. All right? And I don't think that they, like, girls aren't like that. They're not going to. What is she going to do? Oh, my God, you never fucked anyone before? Jesus, I fucked like 900 guys. They're not going to say that. They're going to be like, oh, and next thing you know, you're going to be banging the fucking doggy style. It'll be a thrill for them. You know, you put on the, the, the fucking soundtrack to The Graduate. You know, you have a good time. Yeah, dude, just just look. You know what the thing about this is? Is the more you wait, the bigger of a fucking deal it's going to be. You know what I mean? It's like you're icing the kicker, and the kicker is your dick. <laughs> All right? For God's sake, get out there and fucking blast it through the uprights. That's what you need to do. All right? And uh, you sound like you're doing great, man. You, you're a good guy. Dude, do you, you realize the fucking, the, 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 I don't know what it is. I don't even know what the word is because none of my friends have this, this character trait. I'm sure women know what it is, and they probably look for it in a guy a gentleman. Jesus. I had to search for it. what a what a just You're a human being, dude. You're an honest guy. You could have banged this girl and you're like, I can't do it because I in the back of my head. You actually, you know, you know, you know what's funny, you'll probably bang a couple girls and you become a piece of shit like me. But right now, dude, you're in the zone. Mother Teresa couldn't fuck with you, you know? Jesus comes back tomorrow, dude. He's fucking you're right up on that horse. Smelling of patchouli when you fucking grab around his waist <laughs> and ride into heaven. Oh, God, what a disgusting image. Anyways, yeah, dude, just just man the fuck up. Wing it in the future. And uh, you know what? You know what? I think we get rid of a lot of the pressure. Why don't you just tell him? You know? I don't know. If you feel like the moment's there, just tell him. If you just feel like the moment's there, you don't have to give him the whole fucking story. Just in the middle of it. Just tell him. I never, never did this before. They're like, oh, my God, that's Okay. You know, next thing you, know, you got their feet in the air. I'm telling you, you're going to be fine. All right. And you're a good person. And uh, then this is the deal, dude. You're a fucking virgin. All right. So you're like uh, you still got that new car smell. All right. So whatever you do. All right. Condoms from here on out. Condoms from here on out. No fucking skanks. All right. Because evidently, even if you wear a condom, you can still get fuck, you know, things. I'm not going to do this. So now you get even more in your head. 
Right now, what I just did is now you finally lined up to kick the field goal, and I'm sitting there waving my arms with the fucking air horn in the background. You know, fucking around, it's like boxing. Protect yourself at all times. All right? That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right? Good luck to you. That's the podcast for this week. Apologize for being late. I hope my story about riding a motorcycle. What the fuck happened to my taint? Jesus Christ, I just sat in this chair the wrong way. My fucking, my fucking taint hurts. Ah, fuck. You know what it was? Was I went over a couple of fucking jumps and I got a little bit of air and I didn't know enough to stand up. So I kind of came off the seat and then landed and fucking slammed my taint. You like that, people? I jacked my thumb up. My shoulder's talking to me. And uh, I took a nice fucking slam, a couple of slams to the taint. <laughs> I'm going to call the comedy store tell them I can't perform this week because of a bruised taint. Um, are you fucking with us? I'm dead serious. Hang on a second. You got the iPhone? I'll take a video. Ugh, that's disgusting. Well, it's your fault for hanging out for the whole podcast. All right, go fuck yourselves. That's the podcast for this week. I'll talk to you next week. Don't take any shit. And uh, God bless everyone today. Okay, all right.